yo, yo, what's going on? What's going on? Good people, Pastor Marcus here with another episode of Own Your Mark. Man, listen, as always, I'm just excited and elated to be uh, coming to you guys today with some more information, some good practical Christian living, uh, some things that we can do to make sure that uh, we are living according to God's plan for our life. Listen, we are uh, finishing up today and, and we may do a little bit more on it, but but right now, the idea is uh, for, for us to kind of put a bow a little bit on our series on forgiveness, the importance of forgiveness. I have stated multiple times, I believe this is the thing. I think this is one of the absolute keys to Christian living, to be able to uh, aspire to and achieve those things that uh, that Christ has called us to. Uh, and, and one of the reasons I think this is such an important, important topic is because the Bible is very specific. If we don't forgive, then Christ can't forgive us. That There's this idea that um, in order for us to receive forgiveness from Christ, we have to first put ourselves in a position of recognizing our great debt and our great fault and how Christ himself loved us so much that he forgave us. And once we realize that, then how dare we, how dare we look at somebody else and hold them to account when Christ has released us from the account of all that we've done. Now, that is the the that is the the theological portion of it. That is the the raw facts of the matter. Um, then then where the rubber hits the road is how do we go about doing that, man? What is that? What does that look like? Because frankly, I feel some type of way, man. That's you know the Bible tells us to turn the other cheek, and and I'm all out of cheeks. We talked about that. The Bible um, you know tells us how we are to to maneuver and and not seek vengeance. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. But but how do I operate? Uh, on a day to day basis, how do I how do I deal with and 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 feel uh, with everything that's going on? And, and that's been the task of this series is is to really dive into that. And again, we talked about uh, turning the other cheek and I'm all out of out of cheeks. And we talked about the idea that from a practical standpoint, um, it's just not us insisting on our rights, learning how to live unoffended. There are going to be people, places things, situations, circumstances that frankly get under our skin. But we can't let everything rise to the level of pulling our attention and, and, and pulling our feelings and pulling our heartstrings. Some things we just need to let go. Even when we have a right to, we don't insist on our rights. It, they, they had no business pulling out in front of me. You know what? I don't know what they got going on today. God bless them. Going on, I'm not even going to be offended. If we let everything offend us, then instead of living this life uh, joyous and at peace with Christ. We'll be so frustrated and agitated and we'll, we'll be so divided and distracted by everything that's going on. We won't be able to live. So I think when the Bible is telling us to turn the other cheek is giving us a sense of, listen, learn not to, to let everything irritate you. You know what? Acknowledge how you feel, deal with it, and let's move on. Don't don't spend time letting everything get under your skin. Then we talked about the idea. Yeah, but but I'm still mad. Like, that person did something and and man I'm 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 frustrated about it. I'm angry about it. We talked about this. We said anger is not uh is not who you are, it's how you feel. Yes, you feel that anger because somebody did something that didn't make sense, they didn't have to do, it caused you uh some some it set you back, whatever the, the, the case may be. Listen, let's acknowledge those feelings and then let's deal with them. Let's acknowledge them, let's deal with them. Um, but we're not going to let it impinge on our ability to seek after God. Matter of fact, we'll take those feelings of anger and that 
that irritation and we'll dive that we'll let that drive us closer and closer and deeper and deeper into a relationship with christ then we talked about but yeah but i'm still hurting man that thing wounded me deeply um and again, we have to separate the hurt and the pain from the decision to forgive. Yes, I am hurt and I, I'll manage and deal with that, but I still have to make the decision to forgive. And, and the Bible tells us that God is close to the brokenhearted. He's not unaware of what we're dealing with. He's not unaware of how we feel. And he's right there to, to comfort us and to guide us. We seek him and he is soothing. He is comforting to us. So we learn to redirect our energy uh, when we're frustrated, when we're angry, when we're hurting. We learn to redirect that into healing towards God. And, and we talked about the fact that even though it's not our fault, even though it, it didn't happen as a result of us, we do. Our response is our responsibility. The way we respond in those situations, those things are up to us. Uh, and while it wasn't our fault, we still have a responsibility to take care of ourselves for self-care. We have a responsibility to get the proper treatment or counseling that we need. We have a responsibility on how we move forward. We even talked about that. If somebody stabbed you in the leg, that wasn't, that may not be your fault. That wasn't your fault that you got stabbed, but you probably need to take responsibility for the care of that wound. You need to get to the doctor. You need to get stitches if necessary. You need to make sure you put the right antiseptic, antibiotic in your body to make sure you don't get infected. You need to care for that wound. You need to take responsibility for yourself and how you respond and how you get over those things and move forward. And that might mean treatment. It might mean counseling. It may mean a lot of things, but what you can't do is be so hurt and so frustrated and so mad at the other person that you let that impinge and infringe on you from moving forward and all that God has for you. So I, I think these are some good practical ways. Listen, I, I, I'm not unaware of what this really calls for uh, as a as a Christian, like man, it feels like they're getting away with this stuff. But but I promise you, man, the Bible is so clear and and lays out uh, a path for us getting close to God and not allowing somebody else to keep us from God. Because when we walk in unforgiveness, we're actually then letting them win. We're actually letting them impede and infringe on our relationship. Uh, with a great God, a God who loves us and will not let the guilty go unpunished. I'm telling you, man. Uh, and one of the ways and the reasons we have to be so careful to forgive is because we have to remember we were the guilty. Uh, before coming to Christ, we were the guilty. We had an offense with him and he loved us so much. And we'll dive into that uh, today as well as we get into uh, this final installment of thinking uh, of, of forgiveness. And, and it's this. This is the title that I want to give. Um, yeah. I'm just indifferent. I don't care no more. I'm I'm over it. I'm out of it. Whatever. They did what they did. I'm moving on with my life. I ain't never got to see them no more. They ain't never got to see. They don't ever have to see me again. I don't care. I'm moving on. I'm indifferent. And, and, and I need to share something um, very directly with you. Indifference is not forgiveness. Indifference does not rise to the level of forgiving. Um, I, I recall uh, my, my brother got... Uh, a splinter in his foot. He was walking barefoot on uh, on some wood on a wood porch, and um, and and got splinter deep down in his foot, man. And and I remember my mom uh, trying to get the splinter out. And you know, if you've ever had splinters in your foot, you know, back in the old old time before we figured out all these cool ways to 
get the splinter out and all that stuff. Um, an adult would have to grab that foot, man, and they pour some Benadine on it and, and put the, the needle under some, some fire and disinfect the needle. But they would actually dig into the wound. They would actually dig into where the splinter get in. They would have to break the skin and pull the skin away to try and dig in and, and slide that splinter out. And and I just remember my brother being like, you know, man, don't, don't even worry about it. I, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to go through that. The splinter is in. I know the splinter is in my foot, but I don't care. It's fine. I'll just walk with the splinter in my foot. Like, but yeah, but every time you step on that spot, it's going to hurt a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But it ain't going to hurt as bad as having mom dig into my foot with a needle. I'm good. Don't even worry about it. And and what the adults would say said and what my mom and, and my dad was like, no, 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 no. I know it's uncomfortable, but we got to get it out. And, and the discomfort of dealing with it, the discomfort of getting it out now, while it is uncomfortable, it is going to pay dividends down the road. You'll be able to heal properly. You won't have that thing festering in your foot that could lead to more issues and your foot getting infected and it become a much bigger problem. And I'm telling you, when we approach someone who has done something to us, someone who has uh, offended us, when we are uh, upset about something, when we are hurt about something, when we are mad about something, and we just take the idea that whatever, I, I don't care about it, I'm just moving on, I don't care what they did, I'm indifferent, it doesn't matter. It's like leaving that splinter in your foot, and that thing is festering, and it's causing all kind of cascades of events in your body that doesn't need to take place, and as uncomfortable as it is to deal with it, we have got to learn to deal with it so that it doesn't fester. We have to get some resolution and indifference is not resolution. And I know, I know we've heard people say things and I think sometimes we've, we've misunderstood what they've said. I, I remember T.D. Jakes preaching a sermon one time and he talked about having the gift of goodbye. I got the gift of goodbye. If you're not supposed to be in my life, so be it. I can walk away from it. I can walk away from you. It doesn't matter. I have the gift of goodbye. And I need to be clear because, because I want to be very uh, respectful of of Bishop T.D. Jakes, I don't believe he was preaching about forgiveness. That's not what he was saying. What he was talking about was if somebody is impeding me and keeping me from what God has called me to, I don't mind walking away from that. That's just good sense, people. That makes plenty good sense. We need to just say if this person is holding me back from what God is calling me to do, or if they leave me for, for whatever reason, then that just means their assignment in my life is over. That is different than forgiving somebody for having wronged you. And I want to make sure we don't conflate the two. I want to make sure that we don't take the attitude of, I I don't mind walking away from somebody. I'll just leave and not have nothing else to do with them. And, 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 and I want to make sure that we're not doing that because we're so frustrated and angry and think that equates to forgiveness when it doesn't. That is indifference. And indifference doesn't equate to forgiveness. Uh, forgiveness always seeks reconciliation. And I know that's tough sometimes. Forgiveness always seeks reconciliation. Now, it may not be possible. It may not be possible, but we at least seek reconciliation. It's it's no different than somebody showing up in the emergency room who have been shot and they may have a bullet and that bullet might be lodged close to their spinal cord and they go in uh, and the doctor looks, he takes x-rays and he says, look, we got to try to get the bullet out. And then they look and they say, well, based on where it is, 
we may it may be better for us not to bother with it. So in other words, you, you seek reconciliation every now and then it may not be possible, but it's not because you are not putting yourself in a position to seek it. It's not because you're being indifferent. It may be because the other person has just what they're doing and the direction they're going is so far fetched and it's so out there that there's nothing you can do. And I, and I want to be clear that happens from time to time. But what we have to do and, and, and what reconciliation uh, really looks like from from our standpoint and what it shows on our standpoint it's it's you being so mature in God that that you're not going to let what somebody else did stop you from what God is leading you to do you seeking the well-being of somebody else and you hoping for frankly you you're hoping for mutual growth on both sides so so that's what being uh, not being indifferent. And that's what seeking reconciliation really doing. It is showing a maturity in you, uh, in your relationship with God. It is you seeking uh, to, for the well-being of someone else who may not even know that they need that right now. And it's also you hoping for uh, mutual growth on both sides. So so I really want to uh, kind of look at that uh, and dive into that because that becomes the true sign of forgiveness. This is, listen, this is some high level Christian behavior right here. This is this is some growth, man. You you know you're moving when you're able to do that. And I, and I want to be clear. This may take some time. This type of forgiveness and 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 seeking reconciliation it may take time. But but you take that time because it's so important. And again, it may not be full restoration of that relationship. At least at least not at first. It, it may not be kind of the full release, or or everything may not go back to the way it used to be but forgiveness says because i've forgiven this person then then there that whatever can be salvaged of the relationship um i i need to go for that so indifference does not allow for that all right indifference doesn't allow for that it's, it's not really uh a forgiveness it's it's frankly uh indifference is really quiet yearning let, let me say that again because i think that's important for us to gather indifference is really quiet yearning it's it's this kind of I, I don't care anymore but but secretly I'm I'm see I'm, I'm really quietly hoping they get what's coming to them I I, I really want to see them get what's coming to them that but, but but again when we're indifferent we say we don't care but the truth is we really just kind of kind of pause and pull back and look out of the side of our eye to see if something is going to come that's gonna make us feel better uh because of what they did for us and what we have to learn to do is to forgive and forgiveness actually releases us from that quiet yearning. Uh, we don't we don't sit back and quietly yearn uh, for something to come to them or for them to get what's coming to them. Instead, once we forgive, we can move forward. And oftentimes that moving forward will include some sort of interaction or relationship with the person who who harmed you, who did something uh, against you or whatever the, the case may be again. I don't have the time to go uh, in depth on all of what that looks like. But but what I will say to you is when you forgive somebody and you move past indifference to actually really seeking true forgiveness and, and letting that thing go, letting that offense go, what you're also doing is says, well, if I've let that offense go, then then I have to be open for for the rebuilding of the relationship in some way, some shape, some some form. Um if I could use this this illustration, it's a little bit crude, but but follow me here. Um, if you are if you find yourself in a difficult situation with the bank and you can't pay them and you have to file bankruptcy, 
then then what what happens is once you file bankruptcy, depending on you know the the particular chapter you file and all that stuff. I, I don't want to get into weeds here too much, but 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 basically what happens is they have to release you of that debt. They have to forgive it. They 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 have to let it go. Uh, whether it's a bank or credit card, whatever the case may be, they have to let that that go. And they feel, watch this, they feel some type of way because now they're not getting their money. But I need you to see this. Even in that sector, there is an opportunity to rebuild that relationship. Now, you go back in that bank after they've forgiven that debt or after you file bankruptcy or whatever the case may be. And you say, hey, I'd like to get a loan. They're going to look at you and they're going to say, uh-uh, no way. But they're also going to say, if you give it some time and if you put the work in, if you work on your credit score, if if you get your, your debt to, to credit uh, ratio down, if if you show good credit history, if you rebuild back up, then we'll be willing to deal with you again on another level. In other words, even in that situation and even in those circumstances, there's the opportunity to rebuild that relationship. And that's all I'm saying when it comes to. Uh, not being indifferent and and seeking to rebuild the relationship with that person. When you forgive them, it may not come all at once. It, there may be things that the other person, frankly, need to do. There may be things that the other person needs to stop doing. But you put yourself in a, in a position to say, all right, as I see you moving in this direction, then I am open to to rebuilding the relationship. Listen, if it was a terrible divorce, uh, if, if there were some some really difficult things that happened, it, the relationship may not ever rise back to the level of you being husband and wife again. But but it can rise to the level of being cordial. It can rise to the level of that forgiveness showing itself if you share children or or, or if you share, you know, if you have to go through um, asset dividing, whatever the case may be, you forgiving what's been done can rise to the level of having a cordial relationship with people. Because frankly, the importance is you may share, you may, uh, there may be mutual things that exist within a relationship. You, you may share children. There, there may be assets there. Uh, and, and it's so important because we need to, uh, being the, the the party that has to forgive, we need to be in a position where we can show enough grace and, and show enough love to where people around us see a difference. Um, uh, that that particular life might be a light. We may be able to show and shed a light uh, for, for someone else uh, as we're forgiving and seeking reconciliation. And watch this. That could eventually be the thing that draw that person to Christ. Your life, the way you forgive, the way you behave, the way you seek reconciliation, the way you're not indifferent, the way you've dealt with your hurt and pain, the way you've dealt with your anger about the situation could be the exact thing that God uses to draw that person to Christ because they know what they've done. In most cases, they know what they've done, and that can be so important. Here's the other thing that's so important about the, the way we behave in, in situations like this. Other people are watching. Other people who have been hurt are watching. Non-Christians who have been hurt are watching. People around you are watching how you deal with the situation. And they're looking at that and they're saying, whoa, wait a minute. How is it that they're able to, to maintain a relationship? How, how are they able to forgive? How are they able to handle that? And that type of thing, that love, that devotion, what you're doing, they see the way you're behaving and it actually helps them. It actually draws them. So, so it benefits uh, this type of forgiveness benefits um, the, the mutual relationship you may have with that person or the things you may share, children, uh, uh, friends, 
uh, relatives, whatever the case may be, it, it helps that relationship, but it also helps the, the offending party because they see how things have been done. But then it helps the people around that are watching. It helps the children when you're not negative uh, uh, about uh, something that, that their parent or, or uh, the other parent may have done. It helps relatives when you're not always down in the person that, 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 that stuff matters. And see, when we're indifferent, we're not really indifferent. When we say I'm indifferent, we say that, but then we have little snide remarks and little things like that. We got to be so, so careful how we behave. True forgiveness is not indifferent. It is seeking reconciliation. And, and here's why. Here's why it's so important. Remember, I said that that this type of forgiveness, man, is high level Christian functioning. And here's why. It, it, it allows us to, to ascribe ourselves to a higher level of existence because this is the level of existence Christ is calling us to because it's exactly what he did for us. Oh, you got to see this. It is exactly what he did for us. Jesus was not indifferent when he was hurt. Jesus was not indifferent when he was frustrated and angry and mad. He was not indifferent. He sought reconciliation with the very people who harmed him, with the very people who hurt him, with the very people who deserted him, with the very people who betrayed him. He sought after. I, I we're, we're on the heels of, of Easter, man, and, and I, I think this is so, so relevant because we we see we see Jesus who literally came to take the sins from the people. He came to bear their sins. And now we see him in a situation where he's being crucified, where he's being beaten and whipped, where he's had a crown of thorns pressed in his head, where he's whacked over the head with uh, with a, a fake scepter, where he's had a tree placed on his back, where he's nailed to the cross. We see him do all that. And we watched before that when he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't get it. They, they, they don't know what they're doing. But even before that, when he was with his disciples, those were the very ones that betrayed him, that deserted him, that denied him. Can you imagine Jesus rising again on the third day and saying, whatever, I'm indifferent. They did it, whatever, I'm moving on. I ain't even worried about it. No, that's not what he did. What he did was he sought after the very ones. He sought reconciliation. Go Tell my disciples, go get my disciples and Peter too. go tell the ones who ran away. Go tell the ones who deserted me. Go tell the ones who called down curses on me. Go tell the ones who left me at my worst, at my weakest point, at my darkest hour. They turn, go get them. I want to reconcile. Tell them that I'm coming to meet them. And that's exactly what Christ does for us. That's why forgiveness is so important because when we were doing all that we were doing to hurt, to desert, to betray, to deny, Christ still seeks and sought after us. And he comes for us and he says, I'm not indifferent. I am coming to lay down everything on your behalf because I seek a relationship with you. And the fact that he's doing that, people of God, the fact that he seeks that relationship, what he's illustrating to us and demonstrating to us is that that is the relationship. If I can do this for you, then you don't have time to hold grudges. You don't have time to 
be bitter. You don't have time to do all that. You, you don't have time. I, I want your energy focused on what I've done for you. You can forgive what's been done. I will handle that. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. What he's doing is a great illustration for us. He came to take all of our sins, even when we didn't deserve it, even when we don't deserve forgiveness. We're the reason it happened to him. And he was not indifferent. He said, yeah, but I, I want reconciliation. I want to bring them back to myself. I want to restore the relationship between them and God. I want my family back. And he came and he did all of that for us. I'm telling you, that is why forgiveness is so important is because we stop looking so much at what was done to us and we start to look at what was done for us. We stop looking at who did things to us and we start looking at the who, the person, the one, the Christ who did it all for us. And when we look at him, it changes how we look at everybody else. When we look at and see and feel and realize the forgiveness that we've received at the cost of his life, then it changes how we view what, some, what someone has done to us. And now we can turn the other cheek. Now we can deal with our anger. Now we can deal with our hurt and our pain. Now we can deal with our indifference and seek reconciliation because Christ sought after us. He came for me. And so I'm not worried about, I, I'm not going to hold that. I'm, I'm going to try and live in such a way that whatever, whoever did towards me, my response to it is in such a way that it draws them to Christ because I see what Christ did for me and it drew me to him. So I look at things completely different. I approach things completely different. Yes, I can forgive. You mean you can let that go? Absolutely. Because I am too focused and determined to get to a loving savior who did it for me. Listen, man, I pray something was said today that'll be a blessing and a benefit to you. I pray that throughout this, this series on forgiveness, um, that, that we've gained, uh, and grasped some, some, some really practical things that we can start doing, uh, better and more, uh, to put ourselves in a, in a position of forgiveness. Again, I want to be very clear. This is, this is a high level Christian living, but it's the practical way to go about doing it. So I want to make sure that, that you don't beat yourself up because you don't feel it today and you don't feel it right away. Again, we don't go how we, we go. We don't go on what we feel. We, we feel how we feel, but then we do what thus says the Lord. And we put those steps in place to do that. I pray again, that something was said that would be a benefit to you. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Let other people know who may be struggling with things. Let other people know who may be doing well, that this might be an enhancement and a benefit to their life. Uh, I want to make sure that we're bringing you guys good, practical things that we can live by. So let us know how we're doing. Subscribe again. Uh, also connect with us on other social media platforms and let us know how we can bring information that'll be a blessing to you. I pray again that, that uh, you guys are being blessed. Know that I'm thinking about you. Know that I'm praying for you. God bless you. God keep you. And I love you. Thank you.